thank you very much. My little granddaughter's coming to Tampa, and uh, she lives over on the East Coast. She's a gymnast, and uh, she started uh, doing those flips and carrying on. And she said, now, Papa, you got to learn to do this. Come do this with me. I said, you just stay right over there. <laughs> but she said, well, now you can do it. I said, no, I can't do it. Well, you got to practice. Come over and practice it. But Cheryl got a video, video of her now, and she's been doing it all this time. She's, she's going to be in competition here in town, and she can do it now, and I'm so, I'm so tickled with it. But she called her daddy in California, and she said, talk to him about coming and see her when she's here in the thing. She, he said he didn't think he could come. He's going to try, but anyhow, well, Papa and Mima will be there anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited about it. I really am because according to that video, she's getting good at it. And I'm excited about it. Tonight, if you would please turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. I'd like to begin to read in verse 41. By the way, if you know somebody that's lost a loved one, uh, seniors that lose their husband or wife, especially uh, a wife that's lost her husband, uh, write them a letter, send them a little gift or something that uh, you can help them with because I, I never realized how hard it is uh, till this happened to a friend of ours lately and she lost her husband and they were living off of their Social Security, both of them Social Security. But you think about this. When the husband dies, uh, she's only got her Social Security. You can't make it on that. And uh, you can be a real blessing to somebody if you do it. And it don't take much to just be a blessing to somebody, but uh, just write and send them a little gift, send them something, and they appreciate it so much at the time uh, they're in need. So do that if you would please in Luke chapter 19 beginning verse 41 and when he was come near he beheld the city and wept over saying if thou hadst known even thou at least in this thy day the things which belong unto thy peace but now they are hid from thine eyes for the day shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee and compass thee round, and keep thee in on every side, and shall lay thee even with the ground, and thy children within thee, and they shall not leave thee on one stone upon another, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight in Jesus' precious name. Lord, we see people weeping all the time in this day and time we live in. But, Lord, when I think about you weeping, it's a different thing. And I pray tonight that you would help us to understand your compassion. And might we have some of that compassion that you have, Lord, that you've bestowed in our hearts. Bless us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 41 says, And when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it. Here's a very strange setting when you get to study. 
Here is Jesus making what is described in the Bible as a triumphant entry. One week before his crucifixion, Jesus rides into the city of Jerusalem on the back of a little barred coat. At the beginning of the week, they had cried, Hail Him, Hail Him. At the end of this week, they're going to be crying, Nail Him, Nail Him. As Jesus comes over the Mount of Olives, looks down upon Jerusalem, those with Jesus shout and praise the Lord. But right in the middle of all of this, while others shouted, the Bible says Jesus wept. Now you think about that. While others shouted hallelujah, Jesus beheld the city and wept over it. Jesus has literally cried out so that all around him can hear him. And when you think about this, no doubt Jesus wept many times in the Bible that we don't know about. But there's three times in the Bible it's recorded that Jesus wept. And they have tremendous meaning, meanings to you and I. Jesus wept at Lazarus' grave. The shortest verse in the Bible, John 11, verse 35. When I was starting to memorize the Bible, and Dr. Jack Vimpy got me started trying to memorize verses of the Bible, I carried Dr. Van Impey to, to uh, a speaking engagement. He flew into town, and I picked him up and was carrying him across town. I said, man, you must have a tremendous memory and can memorize verses of Scripture. God's giving you a great talent. He said, it's no such thing. He said, I have a stack of cards in my room, uh, seven foot high, <coughs> three by five cards and on each one of those cards is a subject if he wants to uh, uh, study about sin he gets those cards out and he said I spend two hours every day memorizing verses of scripture he said that's why that I can quote the Bible and uh, I, I thought to myself well I'm going to start memorizing and <laughs> help me out and the first verse I came to, I said, well, I might as well start short. <laughs> and I memorized Jesus' will. So don't tell me I can't memorize. I got one down. Amen. And uh, But when you think about this, now, uh, John 11, verse 35, Jesus wept. And did you ever wonder why Jesus wept at Lazarus' grave? Now, it wasn't because Lazarus was dead. Because... He tells us in his in the Bible, don't weep when one dies. He said, weep when one is born. So we know that he's not weeping over Lazarus' death. It was because Jesus knew he would raise him again. Jesus wept in sympathy. Uh, Jesus wept in sympathy to Mary and Martha when he saw their sorrow. And I want to say to you tonight, if I can, please, no Christian ever endured the fiery trials no Christian ever carried a burdened heart, but the Son of God sympathizes with you. Amen? Jesus weeps with us. He's in sympathy with us no matter what we're going through at the time. I, I know that we all think sometimes we're all on our own. Nobody cares when we're going through a hard time. But every time I read this, I think, yes, they are. Jesus always is in sympathy with us. Number two, Jesus wept in the Garden of Gethsemane. Luke 22, verse 44 says, And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. 
In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7 says, Who in the days of his flesh, when he offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears, unto him who was able to save him from death, and was heard in that he feared. I believe this verse in the Garden of Gethsemane experience Jesus had. Jesus wept over the thought of being separated from the Heavenly Father. you got to remember something. Jesus became sin on that cross for us. He had all the sins of the world on Him on that cross. And uh, God the Father had to literally turn His back upon His own Son. He was separated. And He, he wept because He knew that sin separates us from our Heavenly Father. Amen. And then Jesus wept over a city, Jerusalem. All right. When you think about why did Jesus weep over Jerusalem? Uh, what did Jesus see in the city of Jerusalem? He didn't weep over the buildings. He didn't weep over the government. He didn't weep over the city physically. Jesus saw something that caused him to weep aloud. Uh, Jesus wept over their false religion. Three things about false religion. They had lip service, the Bible said, without hard experience. In Mark chapter 7, verse 6, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Uh, Michael Booth's favorite sermon that I preach is Spare Tire Religion. And I preached that when he was here one time. He said, Will you preach that again, preacher, sometime? I want to hear it again. And uh, in that spare tire religion, uh, I, I got going through it one day. I was thinking about it. I was training the tires in my car, and I heard old Dr. Clyde Boxer, I think it was, preach a sermon like that one time. And I looked at that spare tire in and, and, and my car back then, and it was rugged, you know, had dust all over it. It was one of the least uh, tires on the thing in the car. Hadn't been used. Uh, you didn't use it except you had to. And you think about spare tire religion sometime, and, and you see people that claim to be Christians, and the only time they show their, their religion is at a funeral service or, or someplace like that. They pull it out, you know, like you pull out old spare tire, and now all of a sudden they're religious all over again. And, uh, and uh, I, I never will forget that sermon, but that's what Jesus is saying here. He said, I see these people, they honor me with their lips, but they don't serve me. And Jesus wept over that. It's hard for me to believe that somebody says, I love the Lord Jesus Christ, and they don't want to go to church. Uh, They don't want to sing for the Lord. They don't want to serve the Lord. They don't want to do anything for the Lord. And I believe that breaks the Lord's heart when He sees His people that just don't want to serve Him. They had worship without scriptural foundation. It wasn't that they weren't religious. Jerusalem is a cradle of the great religions of the world. In Mark chapter 7, verse 7, Jesus said, In vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Uh, their religion was not founded upon the Word of God. If any man's religion is not based on, is not founded upon, it is not explained in this old Bible, it's a false religion then. I preached a funeral here a while back of a friend of mine that died, and we had his funeral out in Dover. And uh, it was, uh, I forgot the name of the church now, but it's some kind of Christian church. I said, oh, man, I wonder what am I going to run into, you know. 
when you when you think about these churches, you you go to them and they're not Baptist. I said, well, what are they going to be? You know, what are they going to preach? Nothing. That old boy got up there and he played a guitar. I said, oh man, here we go. But he sang, man. He could sing and he could play and he played the old time songs. He got up there and preached and gave a scriptural message and talked about the Lord and he told everybody out there, if you don't get saved, you're going to die and go to hell. And I mean, it's right down the line. I come out there and said, praise the Lord. And I shook his hand before I left and I said, keep doing it, buddy. And the Lord will bless you. He had just took that church as a young pastor and I didn't know all about it. And I said, you keep doing exactly that and God will bless you. Amen. But you go into some churches and you don't know what you're going to hear. And you don't know what they're going to preach on. It's not scriptural. And Jesus weeps over that. It breaks his heart. Uh, number three, they had ritual without love. There's no more of an abomination to God than ritualism that is not based upon love for the Lord. Here's why Jesus wept. Acts chapter 8. After Pentecost, a man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. A religious man. An Ethiopian man. A man of authority, a man of prestige, a man of uh, 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 politics, secretary of the treasurer of the Ethiopian government. Here he had probably spent a week in Jerusalem. And he rode out just as lost, unsaved as he rode in. And if the Spirit of God had not led Philip to meet him in Acts chapter 8 and get up in the cart with him and tell him what he read in the Bible, he'd have died and went to hell. He'd been to service, he'd been to church, and I, this, it, made, it made me think of a, a friend of mine years ago, his brother died. And uh, he said, Brother Strong, would you go to the funeral with me? It was a, at a Catholic church, and his brother was Catholic. And I said, yeah, I'll go. And I went with him, and they had the service, and uh, they, they marched down, you know, there the little things swinging their incense and everything in the world. And, and then they had everybody, the, the, the priest, they called him, stood up front and held the uh, wafer in the wine. And he said, now oh, everybody come forward, come down this way and go out this way and I'll, I'll give you a wafer and a glass of wine. We'll take communion in respect of this man. And this man that I was with, which was his brother that died, he said, uh, Brother Strong, let's go uh, up there. I said, no, and you ain't going either. He said, what do you mean? i, I got to go up for my brother's sake. I said, no, you're not. You don't believe that way for that wine. You don't believe in that stuff can take your sins away, and you're not going. We come in respect to your brother, no doubt about it, but we're not going to partake of that stuff. That's not scriptural. That's not in the Bible. And you don't do those things. Amen. And I believe sometimes that God looks down on services of churches and, and I just believe it makes him weep because it's not done in love as the Bible says. Jesus wept over cold Christians. Jesus saw something even in the fundamental Bible believing genuine saved people which broke the heart of the Lord. I want you to turn to Mark and I'll show you what I'm talking about. Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9, I'd like to begin to read in verse 14. And when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them. And the scribes questioned with him. And straightway all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed and running to him, saluted him. 
And he asked the scribes, What questions ye with them? And one of the multitude answered, said, Master, how brought unto thee my son, which had a dumb spirit? Whithersoever he taketh him, he teareth him. And he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth, and pineth away. And I speak to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. That's a sad statement, isn't it? Every time I read it. Now, you have to go back to that particular time in uh, the history of the Bible, in the history of the Lord uh, living here on this earth. And God had given these men the power. Uh, Peter and uh, uh, one of the other disciples walking one day and saw a crippled man. He says, rise up and walk. Just a shadow of Peter would cause people to be healed of their, their sickness. But here is a situation uh, that they, his disciples didn't do anything about it. Now, this was Jesus wept upon the Mount of Transfiguration. Only three preachers out of twelve went with him. And listen to this now. And nine left behind. And when Jesus came down, he met a daddy who had a son who was demon-possessed. And those nine preachers had no power to help a broken-hearted daddy with a demon-possessed son. Now, that's a true picture of the average Christian today, having no power with God, no power to win the lost to Christ, no power to get the loved ones saved, no power to get them ready for heaven, and no wonder that Jesus weeps over uh, just cold Christians. I do believe this. If you don't read your Bible regularly, if you don't pray regularly, if you don't seek God's face regularly, you're not going to win souls, and you're not going to do what you ought to for the Lord, because you don't have any power. My power comes from this book, and my power comes from the Holy Spirit is in me, and I can do nothing without Him to serve the Lord. That's why I want to stay close to Him. Amen? I want to stay uh, prayed up and read up and ready to do whatever God wants me to do, because I want power. And I, I experience, and I know you have too, uh, you get called out to go see somebody sometime and you wonder what you're going to do and what you're going to say and then you come away from uh, and you wonder where did that come from how did God give me those words and, and things it's because I read before I never will forget I asked a man to come and teach to our, uh, our, our at a big banquet we had for our teachers years ago out at Diamond Hill Golf and Country Club out there we had a big banquet and everything and the preacher came and he sat down beside me. And I said, can I ask you something? How long did you prepare uh, to talk to our teachers? He said, about 15 minutes. I thought to myself, I don't know if I want him to teach or not. <laughs> Tell, talk to our teachers or not. He said, yeah, but I got 35 years behind that 15 minutes. of studying and getting ready for it. Now, I believe this. If you don't prepare yourself to serve the Lord, you have no power with the Lord. Amen? Jesus wept over the lack of sacrificial living. In Luke chapter 9, three men said they would follow Jesus, but neither of the three did. The first one was not willing to pay the price. The second one was not willing to break his family ties. The third one thought surely everyone would brag on him, but they didn't. Now, that's a sacrificial living. You serve the Lord no matter who says you good or not. I don't have to be bragged on to serve the Lord. Amen? 
you just serve the Lord because it's right to do. And I believe with all my soul that it breaks the Lord's heart when we don't stay fast to the Lord. Jesus wept over lost souls in Matthew 9, verse 36. When He saw the multitude, He was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Jesus wept because of impending judgment. Jesus plainly said, Jesus beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou hadst known the things which belongeth unto thy peace. You see, Jesus could know the future. And He knew that Jerusalem was going to be destroyed. And it was. And judgment is coming to all those who are not saved. And Jesus weeps over that. Why would anyone not come to a compassionate sinner? I'll never understand. I've been reading, and I started back reading the Bible through, and I got bogged down in the book of Genesis because I started studying each little thing in the book of Genesis. I don't mean bogged down, but I mean I don't want to go no further. I'm just enjoying uh, the studying of the book of Genesis, and I got to study what God had created and how He spoke the worlds into existence. And the greater light, the moon, and the brightest... Did you ever think about that? Did you know years ago, before the, before all the scientific furtherance that we have today, that men thought that the moon was bigger than the sun? Did you know that? But now, being we've got the telescopes and everything else to, to examine, we find out that the sun is a way bigger than the moon could ever even think about. Well, God told us that in the book of Genesis. He said the greater light's the sun. That means it's bigger. Amen? And, so, and you think about it, people get in the book in the Bible and they argue about how old is the earth and everything. Did you know? Uh, I don't think there's no way of telling how old the earth is. Now, I know according to the Bible, the best I can figure out, man has been on earth some 6,000 years. But as far as the earth is age, I don't think you can tell according to Scripture or anything else how old the earth is. God, The Bible says that God made the world and then he made man. Well, when after that? I don't know. But I do know one thing. He made man after that. Amen. And we're going to get our little finite minds all wrapped around how old is the earth? I don't care how old it is. I know who made it. Amen. And that's what makes a difference. And when I get to thinking about this, that that same God weeps over the things that I might do. That moves me to be very careful what I do. Amen? Because I don't want Him to do that. I want compassion. And and I when I used to preach and used to go so winning, and I used to preach, I'd, I'd, cry, I'd weep. I'd just cry. I couldn't have it. And uh, trying to lead somebody to the Lord or trying to preach. And, and one day I got on my knees and I said, Lord, take my tears away. I, I don't want to be an embarrassment to you. I just I want to be able to preach without crying all the time. And I never will forget it. I could cry for a long time. I mean, I'd try to preach and I couldn't cry. Uh, there wouldn't a tear come. I'd do so many, but I lost my power. I lost that. There, there was something at a loss. I can't explain it to you. I got on my knees and I said, Lord, give me back my tears. I don't care what people think. I'd rather have compassion than anything in the world. I don't want to ever get to the place that I don't love men's souls. 
I don't care what they've done. I don't care who they are. Uh, it doesn't matter to me. I'm, I care for people's souls. And I care for people, period. I just love people. I don't want to see them in agony. I don't want to see them suffering. Amen? And, and I believe that our Lord feels the same way. He wants us to have compassion on people. Amen? we got to be careful about that. Stand with me, would you please? Heavenly Father, I do thank You, Lord, for saving my soul. And I thank You for saving everyone here tonight. I, 